We're happy to make podcasts available for selected ed webinars for your listening pleasure. If you'd like to receive a CE certificate, you must watch the video recording. Recordings and quizzes can be found in the EdWebinar archives. Please visit home.edweb.net slash podcasts for more information. Happy to welcome everyone to our event here. Um, lovely to be with uh, EdWeb and this exciting team. Uh, excited to hear about how to improve teacher practice, staff retention, and student achievement with video-based professional learning. This event today is sponsored from by our team at Teaching Channel. Teaching Channel is a one-stop shop for all of your educators' learning and development, um, whether that is using our well-known video library to our um, exciting video-based coaching platform to all of the graduate level and professional um, development courses and programs that you've come to know for, for years from Teaching Channel. Um, check us out. We're, we're very proud to sponsor this important conversation. It is my pleasure to introduce um, our guests here. I'm joined by Dr. Stephanie Hofer. Um, Stephanie is in her 23rd year in public education. She has been a teacher, an instructional coach, a principal, a director of elementary and secondary uh, education, and she is now the assistant superintendent of the Metropolitan School District of Decatur Township. Stephanie, great to have you with us. All right, I'm also joined by Hannah Carl. Hannah started as a high school teacher. She is now a coach and helps support and coach high school teachers as well as other um, teachers throughout the rest of the school district. Um, Hannah lives in Indianapolis with her husband and two kids. And I forgot to mention, Stephanie also lives in the Indianapolis area with her husband and two kids. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Don Rochino. I'm the managing director at Teaching Channel. It is my 24th year uh, supporting education educators. I love it. I am the grandson, nephew, and son of educators. Um, I was with a company called Herf Jones Nystrom for a number of years uh, in a uh, marketing and product development role. I also uh, was CEO of a company called Insight Advance, which is now part of Teaching Channel. Um, so excited about bringing all of our tools for you and supporting this conversation today. So that brings us to our first poll question. So look for this. Let's get everyone participating. It should pop up here on the screen for us. So of the following items, which is the biggest challenge your district is facing? So go ahead and pop in there with your answers. It's a system of support for all educators, supporting new teachers, a positive, positive school culture, teacher retention, all the above. So this one's filling up fast, okay. It looks like all the above is leading the way here, definitely, yep. We had a feeling you might answer this way. Um, so for those that are listening on the podcast, again, it's all the above led by teacher retention and then a system of support and so forth. Very good. Okay, we're going to keep, keep it moving here. All right, so it'd be great to have uh, Stephanie tell us a little bit more about her school district. Uh, you'll hear us reform, uh, refer rather to MSD of Decatur Township just to, to shorten the name a bit here. But Stephanie, I'd love it if you could um, tell folks more about your district. Hello, welcome everyone. Excited to be here. 
the MSD of Decatur Township, we are located in Indianapolis, Indiana, on the southwest side near the airport. So if anyone's ever traveled through Indianapolis, we are within about 10 minutes from the airport. We are an urban school district. Um, we are located in Marion County, and we have roughly 75 to 80% free and reduced lunch for our students. So in terms of trying to make sure that we meet the needs for our students and our teachers are equipped with everything we need. We work on that daily. Out of our 11 schools, we have six elementary schools that we recently configured and they are kindergarten through sixth grade. So sixth grade is in our elementary schools. We used to have a centralized kindergarten, but we've added that to elementary as well. Then we have one middle school that's grade seven and eight, one alternative school um, for grades 10 through 12, and then one Decatur Central High School, which is grades 9 through 12. That's our traditional high school. We also have a high ability school. Um, it's called the High Ability Academy with roughly 100 students, and we accept out-of-district enrollment for that, but we basically serve our own students um, that are high ability in our hub. Great. For, uh, oh, go ahead. No problem. Right. Okay, so what we'd like folks to know is um, the MSD of Decatur Township team is not new to using video-based uh, professional learning. They have completed six years. They've started their seventh year of using tools like this. Um, we won't try to talk you into believing that it's been smooth sailing since day one. You're going to hear about the very real journey that they've had doing this, but also then hearing the impact. Um, the areas that they've focused on are the ones that are listed right here, self-reflection, developing a growth mindset, um, mastering your teaching uh, practice, creating exemplars, using both informal and formal coaching. And then this one might surprise you, um, using video as an alternative to in-person evaluation. So that's something we'll touch on near the very end. But also we'll be sharing um, QR codes for various free resources to help extend your learning. Don't worry if you're listening on a podcast to this, we'll be able to share the links with you as well. Um, I think one thing that really sort of sets the tone for what we're talking about here um, is a quote from the superintendent from the district, and that is Dr. Matt Prusecki. And I'm actually going to read this one. He said, the return on investment for using this platform has been tremendous. Um, the entire district team is more reflective on practice. We've increased teacher retention, and most importantly, raise student achievement by improving the quality of instruction. I can just tell you that from where we sit, a teaching channel, being able to partner with a school district and you know support uh, the team there with tools to get these types of results over time, um, this is why we do the work. <laughs> this is what we believe in. So you know, I just love to applaud uh, Dr. Prosecki, Stephanie, Hannah, and the rest of the district team um, for the tremendous work that they do. So thought it might be helpful to start out with just a little recent research on video coaching. Um, in the past, when people would ask questions like, well, what type of research really supports video-based professional learning? We would usually point to, years ago, um, the Harvard Best Foot Forward Project and talking about how video could help support observations and coaching and so forth. Harvard University continues to do some great work there with the Visibly Better group. So. Um, if you 
Google visibly better and Harvard, you'll find some of that. But at the beginning of the calendar year, um, the Institute of Education Sciences through the U.S. Department of Education um, conducted and released some information about a recent study that they did in roughly 100 elementary schools with um, 350 fourth and fifth grade teachers. It was from 14 large urban and suburban districts that were teaching uh, math, ELA, or both. And they were randomly assigned three types of coaching. So there were five rounds of observation and feedback based on videos that were recorded and submitted for coaching, eight rounds again for observation and feedback, and then just business as usual, no intervention at all. So they teachers would record themselves and again, share that for virtual coaching. Here's the impact. I'm not going to read every bullet to you. I'll call your attention to the first bullet. Those teachers who receive five cycles of video-based coaching helped improve student achievement. And then I'm gonna draw your attention to the final bullet, and this one I'll actually read. Teachers with five years or less experience and those with weaker teaching practices in the bottom third of the sample uh, based on observation scores. Um, at the start of the study, they saw even greater improvement in both math and ELA compared to similar teachers who didn't receive the additional coaching. So this is something that obviously doing years of this kind of work with school districts, we've seen uh, the evidence, you know, we hear the, the stories about the impact and obviously with our friends um, at MSD of Decatur Township, we're seeing this as well. So um, exciting. So if you want to learn more about this research, here's another QR code and a link that we're sharing. Um, this will give you even a deeper dive into it and help you learn more about it. So give you a second to scan that. And grab that link. And that takes us into poll number two. So have you used video to record and reflect on your practice as either a teacher or as a mentor um, or as a, as a leader? Maybe you're a school or a district leader. Yes, no, you plan to use it soon or you do not plan on using video. Wow, look at that. So I think we're talking about a good topic here. So we're at roughly 65% of folks saying, yes, they have done this. Only 24% saying they haven't. 9% saying they have. Maybe we can see that start to really tick up maybe <laughs> as we reach the end of this and Stephanie and Hannah share uh, more information. Well, it's starting to go up already. Great. All right, we can close that poll. Thank you for participating. So to help learn more about the foundation of approaching this work, I'm going to turn it over to Stephanie and Hannah and let them talk to you about three levers for improvement in their district. Hey, I'm Hannah, everybody. Good to be with you. Um, so the three levers in our district that we use in every building, we have um, instructional leadership teams. We operate with PLCs that meet weekly and we have a culture of coaching. So we believe that everyone gets coached from the top to the bottom, everybody everywhere. And um, video has helped us in all three of those arenas. And the way that has happened is with leadership, it's provided an opportunity for us to calibrate on our coaching methods and even evaluation methods so that admin can share with one another, like, here's how I coached this person and how would you score them, et cetera, et cetera. And um, 
with PLCs, that's kind of an opportunity for teachers to coach one another and build that collaborative culture. So we've really started kicking in with videos and PLCs to share practices and and see each other because we know that collegial observations are hard to make happen on the the average day, just logistically. And then coaching, one-on-one opportunities with new folks, veteran teachers, and everybody in between. Again, it's just a matter of it makes it easier time-wise. Maybe I want you to see this very specific thing and my coach can't come in at that time, so they record it. Um, Or I want you to see this teacher so video enables us to uh, set up that observation digitally. And that's just kind of an overview. But those are kind of the three structures, the three levers that we operate with in our district. Great. Just to, just to chime in, I was going to say that, you know, based on those three level levers, uh, I meet with Hannah and her counterpart, Erica, weekly along um, – with our, our data and testing coordinator, sometimes HR. So when she's talking about from the top to the bottom, it truly is, I can, I can vouch for that, that it truly is top to bottom. We meet, um, we talk to, we talk about productive discomfort. We, we discuss, we support, um, and really make sure that everybody's getting what they need at every building. Great. I'm going to take us into our first topic to really dig into then, and that is using video first for self-reflection. One of the things that we're asked at Teaching Channel, we're asked a lot, how do you capture this? What's the best way to go about it? Um, We leave that up to you. Some folks uh, that we work with, they use their phones to capture this. They might use the camera on their laptops. They might use um, a tablet device. Uh, But the, the question we're asked a lot is really, how do we get past that hesitation in the very beginning? Um, you know, I think one of the things that we've shared, uh, but I'd love to hear really more from Hannah and Stephanie, is that this video is yours. It's, you know, private to you unless you want someone else to see it, unless you want to share it um, the way Hannah was just describing. So, um, you know, the video is there to, for you to just watch. I mean, athletes and performers have been using video forever. And, you know, clearly, I think we saw 65% of the people on, on this webinar um, have used it already. More and more educators obviously have warmed to using video and the pandemic helped us uh, really hone in on video for a long time as well. But um, I'd love to hear from your team, uh, you know, how, how have you done that in the beginning or when you have someone new? How do you get past that hes- hesitation to record yourself and, and watch the video? I'll go ahead and start and Hannah, feel free to chime in. Um, I will say that from the beginning, um, there, there's no pressure, Don. I know it sounds like a lot of pressure to all of our, our people that are listening in and logged in, but there really is no pressure. The whole point of everything is to go ahead and try this, take a risk, and you're really in the driver's seat as the teacher. So we, when, when Hannah talks about something very specific or looking for something, we really started um, years ago with saying to our teachers, Go ahead and and video yourself, self-reflect, and you decide what you want to video, and you decide who gets to see it. So if you want your teaching partner to see it, great. If you want your principal to see it, but there really was no pressure on who was going to see what. It was just a matter of let's get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Let's just get comfortable being in front of the camera. And and it's it sounds funny, but I mean, I had 
teachers that would self-reflect and say, I am never wearing this outfit again, <laughs> you know, so it would be things. And then, you know, we were able to, to log in and watch it if they chose for us to see it and give some feedback. And it was really more of just dialogue, conversation, nothing evaluative whatsoever. Um, and and it truly like teachers were in the driver's seat and we didn't put any stipulations. We had every building at a different place when we started and that's okay too. A lot of times we want to mandate everything that we're doing and don't get me wrong. We have mandates. We have things that are non-negotiables across the district that I specifically want everyone working on along with Dr. Persecki, our superintendent. But for this, we just wanted comfort level. We wanted hey, you pick the best part of your lesson. If it's academic feedback or presenting instructional content or lesson structure and pacing or activities and materials, you choose that 10 minutes, upload it, and just show anybody just to feel comfortable. So that's truly how it started for us. Yeah, the uh, worrying about what outfit you're wearing was a huge hurdle for some of our folks, but <laughs> make it self-reflective. Like a at the end of the day, that in and of itself is a win that teachers are reflecting on their practice, even if no one else ever sees it. So um, as Stephanie was saying, like we started there and that was the first step in the plan because it was very scary for some of our folks and it would be a lie to say it wasn't a vulnerable step for a majority <laughs> of our staff. Um, but to get over that, we started with like, okay, you're just self-reflecting. Okay, now in your PLC, so in the high school, we operated within departments. Um, in the elementaries, it's grade level PLCs. Just share just with one or two of the folks in your PLC, and you're all kind of doing the same activity. So let's just watch it as a small group or in partners. And so slowly scaling that, um, we, we still mostly keep it in that small group setting so that they're having discussion and reflecting with colleagues collaboratively. It's not, uh, it's never meant as a gotcha. And so far that's really been the difference maker to make it feel really collaborative and just as an opportunity to see what's going on in other classrooms. I think opportunity is the key word there. There is a tremendous opportunity to reflect on your own practice and see what am I doing well? What could I be doing better? And then eventually as you build confidence sharing that, you know, being vulnerable and sharing it with somebody and saying, can you help me? I think one of the things that's very daunting for people as they um, embark on sort of a video-based reflection journey is, you know, feeling like you need to have a 45-minute video. Um, you know, that's not what we recommend. And certainly in the many years of, of doing video-based professional learning, um, that's not what works. The sweet spot tends to be very similar uh, for those that, you know, if we ask an administrator when you, or a coach, if you go in to observe somebody's classroom, how long is it before you usually, you know, have seen the things you want to help coach them on? And most people tell us 10 minutes or so. And we found that keeping those videos very focused that way um, works. But I'd love to hear how it works for you and what, what you have your, your team do. I will say, Don, you, you bring up such an excellent point because when we first started, we were worried more about logistics. Do I have the technology devices I need? How am I going to upload this? Um, you know, let's make sure that we upload a full 60 minute lesson and then we'll focus on the 10 minutes. We were so stressed about logistics, but the, we, we all learned together. So as the assistant superintendent, I can't be everywhere in all of our buildings. So I started having 
Um, our lead teachers decide if they wanted to record themselves doing a PLC. That helped tremendously just so that the pressure was off the teachers in the PLC. It was someone else doing it. And it was me being able to, to see what was happening in all of our buildings or the buildings that I couldn't get to. We asked our building level administrators to record parts of their instructional leadership team meetings. You know, what are the rocks you're working on? What are our district goals? And for us in Decatur Township, we always, that's where we do align ourselves and we have district-wide goals that we want everyone to work on, but they get their own way of getting it done, if you will. So, I mean, we worked through that, that 60-minute, and then we started realizing, okay, this is too much. We don't need this. Exactly like what you're saying, when you go through a walkthrough, within about 10 minutes, you can see what it is you're looking for. If it's grouping, which is one of our district goals, then we work on grouping and we have everyone just record um, a, a snippet of their grouping so that we can see how it's done in different settings, different grade levels across the district. Well, I especially love what um, you mentioned there about having uh, your you know, team Folks in the, on the team who are in leadership positions, um, you know, participating in this and, and being vulnerable and saying, I'm, I'm going to video my own conversations so that I can improve. I think that's that uh, a great showing of, of leadership and, and just, you know, providing a great model for everyone. Um, I'm going to keep us moving here and talk just very briefly here, Hannah, if you can, for a minute. I'm going to bring it up on the screen about your look fors. Um, MSD of Decatur Township has been uh, kind enough to share this link here to their teacher re reflection rubric. So Hannah, if you could just give us a few words on that. And then notice we've also given you a link to an ebook of simple ways to use video and self-reflection to grow professionally. But go ahead, Hannah. Yeah, so with using video, regardless of the strategy or like lesson segment being recorded, we knew that um, quality reflection and improvement of practice was the end goal. So we built this rubric um, for folks to use as they reflect, and we even took portions of it and built questions that they can keep side by side while watching their video so that they're focused on things other than their outfit and like can um, engage in a deeper reflection like, hey, how did that question I asked impact this kid's learning? And um, if I tweaked this, made this change, what would that do for my kids? So really engaging again with the student impact piece. Um, and the outcomes there. So yeah, please feel free to take that rubric and make it your own and use it as you will. Great, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, our next topic is we're talking about developing a growth mindset. So um, I won't say a lot here. I'm gonna let you guys really talk about this, but um, you, you know, it seems like you've built a culture in your buildings to always be striving for more and always be looking to improve practice um, and so I'd love to just hear more about that. Yeah, so this again goes back to everyone in our district is coached. The coaches are coached, the teachers are coached, you know, just all along the way. Um, so we do have a framework with which we want everyone to use video as an opportunity to use in PLCs. But then, for example, I work with the other coaches um, in the district and we submit coaching videos to one another. And that really aids in our district-wide alignment piece. We're all speaking some of the same language. We have opportunities to bounce ideas off of one another outside the building. So they maybe offer a different perspective. Um, so it just broadens 
the discussion. So we're more connected and can actually see what other people are talking about and get really direct help and feedback. And so that has helped develop the growth mindset because now we don't just say, yeah, we all get coached or yeah, we all have room to grow. Now we've got the ways to do it and can actually get it done. Stephanie, do you have more to share here? I was just going to share, um, you know, from the district level perspective, everything that we want to do is to help teachers master their craft, to help them, you know, learn everything best practice, to feel comfortable doing that. And as we know, teachers are hardest on themselves. <laughs> so there is absolutely nothing that I have ever seen that I've ever worried about um, because teachers are the first to say, oh my goodness, like I, I turned this in you and here's everything I'm worried about when I'm not paying attention to half those things. And I'm thinking, this is fantastic. We have teachers, you know, what better experts than the ones in our own district? We have a lot of people come from the outside to support us, rightfully so. But a lot of things that we're doing when we're working on student to student academic feedback or or grouping, or just, you know, the way we get to know our students, we have experts right within our district. And our video coaching has really helped us look and say, oh, you know, Mrs. So-and-so at this elementary school is doing a phenomenal job. Let's take this and use it as an exemplar to help other people grow within our district. Now it's not someone from the outside. Now it's someone from the inside that's getting results within our district and within our demographics. Um, which I know we all have challenges, but for us, really, we want teachers to to feel comfortable. We, like Hannah said, we want that common vocabulary. That's huge, and we want district wide alignment. We were not aligned six years ago. I, we just were not aligned. I will own it. I will say it. Now we are aligned K twelve um, horizontally and vertically, and the vocabulary was the first step. Our video coaching. Um, supported that. It was the vehicle that allowed us to drive that. And now um, you will see, uh, you know, alignment across the district, which is phenomenal for us. Great. Um, you were just starting to talk about this next slide here, which is really mastering your craft. So, um, you know, the, the beauty of video, as, as you were just kind of stating here, is you, you don't know what you don't know, right? And sometimes, you know, we hear that old uh, expression that sometimes the best PD is the teacher down the hall. Well, um, these days it's much harder to get a substitute. It's difficult to go and observe each other. And this is a, a great place where, you know, video or having those exemplar videos, having a library like that at your fingertips can really help you. But I'd love to hear more about um, digging down here, not just to show teachers what's possible, but also maybe helping more of your experienced teachers. Well, it, it, yeah, it feeds off of what Stephanie said, like um, so many teachers are their own worst critic, particularly those high flyers. They know exactly what could have gone better in their lesson already. And so video, they, they become their own coaches whenever they self-reflect. They already know what they would like to change and do better. So this just offers that like step back for them to do that. Um, and then also to share with a colleague if they so choose, or if they're in a PLC, um, it has given an opportunity that veteran teachers can then applaud and learn something from new teachers too, so that everyone feels supported and valued. And like, oh, I, I didn't know about that app 
or site or whatever that they can then utilize that a new teacher showed them when a new teacher may feel like, you know, that they don't have as much to offer to the conversation. So it's really nice that way. But definitely that self-reflection piece really pushes the high flyers. And Hannah, you said something really key there. And maybe Stephanie, you could talk about this too. You said feeling supported and feeling valued. And we, you know, we've seen the research over the years that say, especially in the last few years, teachers leave the classroom when they're early in their careers because they don't feel like they have that support. Um, maybe you can also talk about how working towards mastery, you know, you've had to build a system of support, and maybe what that's done to your, your culture and your buildings. I'll go ahead and start. I will say this, that we can have a team of kindergarten teachers plan together, but have different results from those classrooms. So video coaching for us has helped us close that gap and be able to reflect and analyze of what it is that our teachers are doing differently in different classrooms that are getting different results. It's not a gotcha system like Hannah mentioned earlier. It's it's truly a coaching system of support of, okay, um, Tara is getting these phenomenal results. We're all teaching the same thing. Let's look at her delivery. Let's look at the way she models. Let's look at the way she presents her instructional content. So it, that has really driven um, just a, an atmosphere that's more positive, that's less evaluative and more coaching. In addition to that, it's it's truly just if we're not getting better, um, then then what's the point? I mean, everything we do is to reflect and to want to help our teachers feel supported. For us in Decatur Township, we send out to our new teachers all the way through the first five years surveys, very quick, very easy surveys of how do you feel? Is there something you're not getting? And it can be that they didn't feel supported uploading their grades, that they didn't feel like they understood this check for understanding. So a lot of times it's just partnering someone up with someone to feel supported. And our video coaching for us has helped us do that. It's helped our teachers feel supported because in this day and age, if you're not feeling supported and feeling like you're getting what you want in one district, you can go right next door and get a job because we know that teacher shortages are, are definitely real. That's and if I could speak, point. if I could speak to that too, as far as retention and recruitment of, we've had an influx of folks transitioning fields into education, and so it's sometimes happens that new teachers, last time they were in a classroom was when they were in high school, and they've been in a different field for multiple years, and so having videos that they can see what their colleagues are doing or see a video um, from a teacher in a different school just to to understand what it looks like to teach in different settings and to learn from others. Love it. Great. All right. Well, I will keep us moving. Um, let's talk about those exemplar videos. So having a library, I know you have access to a library of well over 1600 videos, multiple subjects are, are you know, presented and multiple grade levels. Tell us about um, how you can use those. And then we'll talk about also how you can build um, your own library. But talk about using some of those slides. I'm, I'm sorry, using some of those videos. I'll go ahead and start just from the district level to our building administrators. And then Hannah can talk about that teacher uh, piece in the buildings. But truly, I anything that you're looking for is there. I mean, you name it. 
any sort of coaching conversation, anything on any best practice, um, whether it's, you know, questions or grouping or lesson structure and pacing, anything that you want. We, our administrators for our professional development are constantly utilizing exemplar videos. They love to be able to pull an exemplar video from the library and share it in a professional development with our teachers. That's very non-threatening, very um, real. And then it just, you know, the slide says it best. It's the opportunity for continual growth and learning. And it's there, it's at our fingertips and our administrators really at this point, I think would be lost without it. Um, definitely the non-threatening piece with teachers as well. Um, if we're sharing it in a group, if we're, we're calibrating on something or wanting to highlight a practice to see it first from the outside and then say, okay, now let's us try this and record. We don't have to uh, say the I likes and I don't likes about someone sitting next to us. So the first go around for it to be someone we don't know makes the conversation a little easier. Well, I think you're nailing it, Hannah, is it, that it, it's a it's a nice place to start. So if you're not ready to record yourself and start reflecting, you have this, you know, a ability to search through a library and say, OK, there's a certain thing that I'm struggling with. And maybe that's transitions to student activities. And let me see if I can find a video on that and watch that and learn some, you know, some best practices around that. And then as you build your confidence, then maybe you're ready to record yourself teaching. But let's move to talking about um, building your own library and what you can do with that when it is uh, now your educators in your buildings. Well, it goes from we need a non-threatening first glance to, yeah, but those aren't our kids and that's not our setting. And so this is where the district library really comes in nicely. We know that it works with our kids and in our setting because Mrs. So-and-so down the hall is rocking it with our kids in our district kind of thing. Um, but also because the greatest practitioners are just down the hall and it's, it's nice to be able to um, see it and then ask for more details because it's someone, you know, and can talk with and someone to coach you through. And Great. I saw someone ask, do we ever share those videos with other districts? We haven't gotten that far yet. Um, for us, this is just a huge step. And our teachers feeling comfortable to even let their peers see the video because teachers are, A, we talked about being hard on themselves, but they're sometimes get shy. Like they don't want their things used. So we've gotten our teachers comfortable with with being uncomfortable, with knowing that, hey, you do a really good job of this. And I think that this would be beneficial for the entire district. Elementary, for sure, because there's so many teachers at the grade levels. Our iRead scores um, were pretty well. We always had a 94% board goal. Um, that was pre-pandemic. During the pandemic, we dropped drastically. Um, and now we've been trying to play catch up. So we were 91% a couple years ago. And this past year with our iRead scores, which is a, for those of you that are not in Indiana, a, a statewide test for third graders that um, measures reading proficiency. And for us, we're back up to 93%, which is huge. And we truly believe that 
even through weathering the pandemic, even through, you know, the peaks and valleys that that consistency, the collaboration, the coaching has kept everyone on track, which provided that alignment and our iRead scores are back up in the right direction that they need to be. That's tremendous. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks for sending in your questions. Keep sending them in. We're going to be pausing uh, for questions shortly. Um, so you did talk about an influx of new folks in the district. Some you know, are brand new to the teaching profession. Some have been preparing for it for years. Maybe give us a, just a couple of uh, key takeaways on how you're using, whether it's um, the exemplar videos or also just reflection and mentoring. How are you using video to support specifically your newer teachers? Um, again, it's just facilitating those observations that are sometimes logistically really difficult to make happen. And it also enables us to hone in on like this first year teacher is really struggling with um, classroom management or really needs a way to just get the, the class period rolling with some sort of warm up or bell ringer activity. And so being able to kind of cherry pick exactly what is needed at that time and have like focused coaching conversations. Um, I'd say that's the biggest piece there. How about you, Stephanie? Um, basically just the, the same thing. Um, for us, retention statistically, you know, from the district level, we had to hire a lot less teachers this year. Now, with that being said, there are some for full transparency, some positions that are not filled yet. You know, one of those would, is biochemistry. You know, there are some hard to fill spots that we are struggling to find because we want to make sure our, our students have every opportunity, every bucket they could possibly fill, you know, to join the workforce or, or go to university. But truly, our retention rate is strong. Um, our teachers feel supported you know, they always say that it's those first three to five years that are most critical. And if you can keep teachers past that, then they're more likely to stay. And we want to make sure that a lot of times you don't hear things till it's the back end, till someone's saying, hey, I'm getting ready to leave. I'm going to go ahead and take a job elsewhere or leave education altogether. And for us, we really, this past year, we had new teacher orientation and the teachers' faces were happy and smiling when they hear the presentation from Hannah and her Eric uh, and Erica, her counterpart. They were all smiles, super excited. You would think that coaching and support and and some of the items we've discussed today would be common sense or something that everybody would do, but it's not. It's just not. And we always thought people would be happy and generate their own why, um, but. Teaching's a hard job. It's a hard profession, and we need a lot of support from each other. So we've really focused on that support all the way from the top down and the bottom up. It's a, and it's it's wonderful to hear that you actually had to hire fewer teachers this year. So <laughs> clearly, things are are in a good place for you. Um, speaking of this, uh, Stephanie recently had a piece published um, by Edutopia about using video coaching to help retain new teachers. So we'll give you a second here to scan this or grab the link. I encourage you to read this one. We have just a couple of other items that we're going to uh, cover here, and then we will get to your questions. Um, so there's a couple of different ways that you can use video coaching, and that is you can do it for quick informal feedback, but then when you're doing it more formally, you're using your instructional framework 
And the reason we do that is to obviously generate some data points and be able to track growth of our educators. Again, um, like for MSC Educator, they are looking at not just helping teachers, but helping coaches improve and helping school leaders improve as well. But if you could just talk a minute about this, and then we'll get into um, going just one step further with this and talking about using it um, as an alternative to evaluations. But give us a little bit about informal versus formal instructional coaching using video. Go ahead. Um, okay. We There are times whenever um, coaching may be entirely electronic. And so a teacher may submit something to me for coaching, um, a tiny video clip, and we are corresponding digitally back and forth. And like, hey, will you take a look at this? Super informal, just per request. Or maybe we had a quick conversation, but it's done entirely over email or on the platform. And then other times it's more like our whole PLC is going to focus on this thing. And then we're going to have sessions either in PLC or independently on that so that it's more um, of a preset kind of formalized coaching cycle. And both both have been powerful because how wonderful it is to have someone say, hey, I'm going to send you this video. I want your feedback. Like that, we have not always been there, but it's a sweet spot to sit right now. Um, but both have been impactful for sure. Stephanie, anything else to share there? No, not really. I have nothing else um, to add. Truly, I feel like Hannah hit everything. Okay, sounds good. So let's talk about this. This is not going to be commonplace for everyone, but um, I, you know, having worked with you for, for so long, I already know that you had the buy-in of your teachers union, you know, to use video coaching in the first place. But during the pandemic, the state of Indiana continued with evaluations. So you were kind of put in a little bit of a tough spot, but maybe take it from there, Stephanie, and talk about how you were able to uh, pull this up. Yes, I, I would love to. I get really passionate about this. And <laughs> I will say that I was so passionate that I did my entire dissertation for my doctorate on instructional coaching and feedback and, you know, what the, the best ways to receive feedback is and video coaching versus in-person coaching. So I feel really passionate about this. When we were um, in the middle of the pandemic, we we thought, okay, it's just life is over, like everybody thought. Um, we weren't sure what we were going to do, how we were going to educate our students. We did have a, a bonus. Um, we felt comfortable because we were one-to-one. -one. So technology-wise, we thought, okay, we're entering this pandemic and we are one-to-one. -one. Every one of our students has a device and a hotspot for internet. So we knew we had that, but we weren't exactly sure how we were going to make sure that we were still delivering quality instruction to our students. Um, and, and our teachers were at home. So there were a handful of us, myself included, that were here in the office every day. But we truly thought, okay, do we just skip evaluations? Do we not evaluate everyone for the entire spring semester? Um, do we count the following fall twice? And we, you know, we just were not sure what to do. We worked with our union. We have co-union presidents. And they actually said, oh, there's some teachers that are wondering if they can just video themselves and stay on schedule. And we're like, oh, yes, absolutely they can. And we thought, why didn't we think of this? The teachers actually thought about it themselves. Now, not everybody was, was on board at this moment, but it quickly ripped the Band-Aid off because everybody had to get on board because we were not here. So 
we started to give options. We thought, okay, if you want to have the last evaluation that you did count as double, we can do that. That we had permission from our union. If you want to um, do a video upload, you can do that. So we literally gave teachers choice. So once you have a choice, then you can decide. So if you're not comfortable with the evaluation for video, then you can say, you know what, use my fall semester that we just finished and count that one double. But a lot of people didn't didn't want to do that. They wanted a new one and they kind of wanted to take the risk of, okay, I feel like I'm doing a good job here remotely teaching. So I'd like to see and get some feedback. We had an overwhelming amount of teachers that wanted to do evaluations um, alternatively to the in-person and upload video of themselves. Number one, there were no rules. You could record yourself over and over for whatever lesson that you wanted to submit. So we knew we were in the middle of a pandemic and we wanted to make it as flexible and um, comfortable as we could. We met with the union. The union was all in as long as the teachers were comfortable and we gave them choice. And then the teachers were able to decide what they wanted. So we truly had well over 50% of teachers decide they wanted to do this. And since then, that really catapulted us into using video coaching for all kinds of, you know, feedback and things. Um, but now we, we just offer it. It's part of how we do business. You can choose, even though we've been in person, you can choose to have your evaluation in person or you could choose to do it by the video upload. And that's okay. Some people aren't comfortable having someone else come in their room. They'd rather self-reflect and upload the video of their choice. And we still allow that till this day. And we have lots of teachers that still take us up on that. So I, again, I think you're saying some key things here in terms of you're now giving teachers choice. And I think you've been doing that from the beginning here. You know, it, you learned some hard lessons of, uh, you know, kind of pushing video hard in the beginning and then saying, okay, you know, it's up to you. How do you want to use this? Let's start with self-reflection. But You've built this again. I hate to you know say it again, but a system of support um, that I think is fantastic. So you had already built a tremendous foundation of support, and I think um, your culture—it it, just—it's absolutely tremendous what you guys have built in terms of the culture that the teachers jumped to do this more than fifty percent, and now it's—it's it's been a game changer. It sounds like I'm getting pinged about getting to the questions. So thanks for sharing that. Why don't we do that? Um, let's see. I'll take us to, oh, we have poll question number three very quickly, and then we'll get to uh, our audience questions here. So what are you interested in learning more about? Um, give us some quick answers here. Is it video coaching? Is it an exemplar video library, teacher retention and new teacher support, staff professional development in person or courses online, all of the above? Okay. Oh, those are fast, um, close 50% saying all of the above, um, staff and professional development coming in close, followed by exemplar videos and so forth. Okay, we'll let those finish up there. Very good. Thank you for jumping in on the poll. Okay, we can close that poll and we'll jump in. I'm going to look at some of these questions that we've received. Um, okay, let's see here. So one person asked a very interesting question um, about whether or not the teaching channel platform here is just for teacher support. 
I'm happy to, to take that one and answer it, um, Stephanie and Hannah. Uh, so no, as you've heard from both Stephanie and Hannah, um, video isn't just for teachers. Um, we believe that you know coaches should be growing their practice, leaders should be growing their practice. In fact, this platform has been used um, in several school districts to support assistant principal academies, you know, future leader academies within school districts. And how do you do that? You can record um, having a coaching conversation with a teacher um, or a school leader. So uh, definitely um, something you know that you can do there. So this this is a great tool to use for this. Uh, let's see what else is here. Is this used for evaluation or coaching? I think we we touched on that greatly here with a great example. I mean, most of the districts that we partner with are using it simply for self-reflection, coaching, using the exemplar library to support their teachers more to discover strategies and then share those videos um, to have asynchronous conversations. Um, let's see here. I'm going to keep flipping through. One second. There is a question. Okay. My teachers are resistant to new technology. Why would we invest in another tool? So this is a tough one. And I want, Stephanie, maybe why don't you jump and use this? Because I think you can speak from your experience of, of why this was worth it for you. I guess my, my question back, and I obviously don't have all the answers, would be, are your students using technology? Do they use a laptop of some kind or an iPad or some sort of device for their learning? Um, what technology do your teachers use? I don't know if I'd even consider this technology. This is more of a way of life. This is a way of doing business. Um, the, the video coaching for us is is. The, the least amount of focus on the tech piece, because that just requires some training and it's so easy. It's more of the focus on the support, the coaching, the reflection, the opportunity to grow. So I, I really don't know if I would sell it that way to teachers when we talk about, here's one more thing, you know, and if it seems something nervous, you know, I think of our veteran teachers that would be like, oh, I don't want any more technology to use. I'm already uncomfortable, but we're at the point now in Decatur Township where we're trying to determine how our students can use video coaching and what can we do to help them grow and feel supported. So really, it's just a matter of, of productive discomfort and helping our teachers see the value in everything that we're doing, not just the logistical piece, but the all the benefits that will come from being able to grow and, and master your craft. Great. Thank and, you. Go and ahead. as far as culture of support, sorry. Um, we, then the instructional coaches in the building, the lead teachers, we were there like helping people upload. So if it's the tech you're afraid of, we're there to help you. So just building in those assurances that like, we just need you to be willing and then we'll, we'll get you there. And then like Stephanie said, now it's, I won't say second nature, but much more natural. There was a question about using video. I can speak to this one about using video in higher education. Um, you know, we we definitely support schools of education that are just looking for additional resources. Um, you know, with the Teaching Channel Library, um, that's that's something that we do. You know, across the country, um, but also teacher preparation programs. Obviously, video is really really popular. Um, helping those you know pre-service teachers reflect on their practice 
Um, not their professors can't always get into, um, you know, the schools that they're in and where they're getting started and, you know, being able to observe them. So this is where video coaching is, you know, a huge advantage for them. Um, someone's also asked if we know of a source that has a video library. Um, we're being very careful not to push, you know, just what we do. But uh, at this point, I think it's appropriate to share. Um, Teaching Channel has always been known for its vast, rich library of exemplar videos. We are um, just over 1,600 videos. We uh, were back in classrooms um, in the fall of 2022, and we still are. We are um, still filming in classrooms all around the country. I think we've added close to 150 new videos this year with many more on the way. So these are fresh videos. Um, just so you know the quality, it's filmed with multiple cameras. There are multiple microphones. We are not just focused on what the teacher is doing, but then also um, what are the stu students doing? How are they engaging with that teacher? How are they reacting? Um, so we are out there filming and we love coming into your school. So we're excited about that and looking for new video partners all the time. Um, but right now we're kind of booked up, which is good news. Um, let's see, what else can I get to here? Maybe one more question because we're getting close to the end. Um, let's see, uh, maybe talk a little bit more about, oh, no, hold on. There we go. Could you just talk a little bit more about the increases in student achievement, Stephanie? I know that you, you've had an impact on your graduation rate, which has been positive. You shared some other things. Um, maybe just one minute on that. Okay. I can tell you that, you know, I talked about our iRead scores, and that was our third grade reading proficiency test. Our grad rate, um, it's not official till September 30, but our grad rate is set to be the highest that we've ever had. Um, so for us, with a, a population of students that need a, a tremendous amount of support, um, that people are always saying it, it can't be done. We're extremely excited. I mean, we truly feel that that lends itself to the consistency, the alignment, the practices that we have in place and the support, because at the end of the day, you want your teachers in front of your kids. You don't want them leaving and having a revolving door every single year. If your teachers are not highly qualified and in front of students consistently and with stability, we just won't see the results. And because of the coaching system of support we have, our self-reflection, um, our professional learning communities, our instructional leadership teams, everything goes hand in hand that our teachers are staying. They're not leaving. And when they stay and they're, they get, you know, comfortable with our students and with the mastering their craft and with that coaching, then everybody wins. Everybody wins, outcomes increase for our students and our students win because for our students, they need us and they need our education so that they can get you know to where they wanna be and be successful. Well, congratulations on everything you've accomplished with your district and district community. It's tremendous stuff. Um, I'm gonna keep us moving. Don't forget to join the EdWeb community here. And we are going to let you hear just a real quick watch and hear a quick video here where you'll hear from other um, district leaders talking about the impact of using video-based professional learning. So I'll be quiet and let that play. It's very exciting to hear our partner district share with us some of the unexpected benefits from video coaching. 
The one that stands out for me is that it changes the culture in buildings. It changes the culture to one of trust and one of feedback and one of collaboration. And that's a game changer for so many uh, school districts that we serve. The video coaching platform really solves a lot of problems because it allows teachers to self-reflect. It allows administrators to be able to really zero in on specific things to look at and be able to really provide teachable moments. Teachers are able to take a strategy, try it in their classroom, look at the data that came from that strategy and decide which implementation was most effective and why. Anytime we can watch ourselves and make improvements, uh, revise our practices, tighten our strategies, that's uh, when video coaching and video reflection is at its best. All of our systems and processes are in place at this point through our levers of coaching, ILT, PLCs, so the future for us is just to continue on the path, close the learning gaps from the pandemic, and be able to see our students thrive and be successful with highly qualified teachers in front of them. At the end of the day, we're here to grow kids. Um, and with my position now, I'm growing teachers to grow kids is the goal. So video has enabled us to step back, self-reflect, and then share. So again, just aligning or sharing best practices and actually seeing it in action. I think before it was a lot of conversations, but we never got to see it in detail in action and video has allowed us to do that. Our team is really passionate about helping educators be the best they can be for the benefit of all their students. And we do that by focusing on professional learning using video technology. Whether that's from new teachers self-reflecting on their practice to sharing with other teachers and mentors, we can help them perfect their craft. Every style is different uh, when it comes to teaching and a video coaching platform allows every teacher's style to be the best that they can be as far as impacting children. Great to share that. Um, we're, we're very proud of Teaching Channel to be doing this kind of support. And we also have our survey. Let us know if this was helpful to you. Thank you so much for taking your time out today. I see some uh, really kind uh, comments about Stephanie and Hannah and the work being done at MSD of Decatur. Hope you learned something today. You got some takeaways, whether it was the research that proves that video coaching works, hearing about a six, now seven-year journey uh, with our friends there in Indianapolis. I hope you were able to get a lot out of this. And Thank you and have a wonderful day and rest of the week. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, Hannah. Thank, Thank you. Thanks so much. We hope you enjoyed this EdWeb podcast. If you'd like to receive a CE certificate, you must watch the video recording. Recordings and quizzes can be found in the EdWebinar archives. Please visit home.edweb.net slash podcasts for more information.